listeners, and welcome to Two Profs in a Pod. I'm Tanisha. I'm Beth. We are both professors and co-faculty developers at Glendale Community College, Arizona. And we really like talking about teaching, learning, and other stuff. Today we are going to talk about burnout, more specifically, faculty burnout. Why are we talking about this, Beth? We are talking about burnout because it is the end of a semester. Yes. It's the end of an academic year, maybe even more importantly. And Tanisha and I have both experienced burnout. Yes. And we both ran across articles about burnout recently. Yeah, several actually. Yeah. Yeah, we came across several articles about burnout. And maybe it's just that time of the year. And Mm -hmm. a lot of people experiencing burnout, especially in higher education, it's the end of the academic year. But it's one of those things where burnout actually happens across several organizations. It's not just in education, but as educators ourselves, we know that this is high time for burnout. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what does the research say? The research actually says several things about burnout as far as influences and a lot of other things. But I think it's most important to really start with the definition. You know, we love definitions. So... Beth has a definition, I have a definition. So we'll, we'll start with Beth's definition first. So Beth, what was the definition you came across I, for burnout? I looked up the term in the Oxford English Dictionary, the best dictionary on the planet. Yes. <laughs> and b- because I thought, well, it's such an interesting word, and I'm sure it has some kind of interesting historical uh, meaning and change in meaning and... I was not disappointed. I was hoping for a little more drama, but um, so basically the term burnout means a complete destruction by fire. And that's a really interesting way to think Mm -hmm. about it when we think about what we commonly think of as burnout, right? Like, God, that's depressing. That's depressing and scary. That's scary. (laughs) Complete destruction by fire. It's grim. Yikes. (laughs) Um, And then also... Uh, the final consumption of fuel by a rocket. So a very sciencey kind of mechanical definition. And then finally, physical or emotional exhaustion caused by stress at work, depression, or disillusionment. So historically, it had definitions that were all kind of engine or mechanical related until about the 1970s. Uh, and then in 1975, suddenly the term was used in relation to uh, medical field burnout. So uh, care workers, healthcare workers, uh, use the term burnout to describe their feelings. And then kind of after that, other fields started using it uh, as well. Which is really interesting. And, and the definition that I found actually came from this article called Exploring Burnout Among University Faculty, Incidents, Performance, and Demographic Issues by James R. Lacritz in the 2004 journal Teaching in Teacher Education. And Lacritz pretty much cited another source. So it was cited in this article that I came across. Mm-hmm. And it really does match uh, partly the definition that Beth pointed out, minus the rocket. (laughs) Um, But it did mention exhaustion, like in Beth's description. Um, And also it mentioned how it's a long-term involvement in situations that are emotionally demanding, which I think is definitely education. It's very emotionally demanding. And it also further describes how it can create cynicism, dissatisfaction, and 
turnover and how it happens across all organizations. And the article actually went even further to describe how it can actually cost the US $200 billion in mediocre productivity and turnover. So it really has a significant impact all the way across the board. But I think the key theme that we're kind of seeing in this definition is this sense of exhaustion, right? Mm -hmm. Exhaustion, I guess, mm -hmm. where you just feel completely drained of like all effort, energy on multiple levels. And I think many people can relate to that. As you know, me and Beth mentioned earlier, we have both experienced burnout. I know when I experienced burnout, my burnout happened my first year as probationary faculty here at Glendale Community College. And it was one of those things where at the end of that semester, I was burnt out. Like I was was pretty much done. And there were a lot of contributing factors to it. When I came on board, uh, I was I was given a schedule by, um, by the person who was in charge of our schedule. And I was pretty much taking the place of the person who was there. And that person taught like seven classes and it was fully back to back. And then at the time, I was also the director of the speech and debate team. So uh, speech and debate is very time consuming. So on top of juggling uh, the directorship, the seven classes and people, places, things, events, students, staff, I mean, across the board, when I hit my end of my first year, I was just completely spent. Uh, and, and how I knew I was completely spent and I probably shouldn't laugh about it now, but, but back then I didn't really know what was going on. But I kid you not, at the end of my first year, all I could do was just sit on my couch and watch daytime TV. More specifically, I was watching a lot of Wendy Williams and I was watching a lot of this uh, daytime show called The Real. And I felt like that was all that I could do. There's nothing wrong with that. Zone out. And it, that's that, that's all I could do. I could just sit. Just sit mm -hmm. and watch TV. Mm -hmm. um, so that, that was my experience. You got to do burnout. what you got to do. You got to do what you got to do. And, and eventually I pulled myself out of it and I learned lessons from it as well. But that was really, I, I would say, my, my first time experiencing burnout. And it mm -hmm. was my first year as probationary faculty here for, at GCC. Mm -hmm. So. Okay. Are we at what do we say? Um, actually, before we no? hit what do we say, I think it would be important to hit up on actually influences of burnout. Okay. Because I think, for example, it would be helpful to know what influences burnout because maybe these could be signs or flags or signals to anyone because you might actually be on your, your way to burnout and you don't even know it. So uh, some of the influences that were actually outlined by the article, uh, which I actually, some of them I experienced myself, mm -hmm. uh, there were six that, was cited, that were cited from another source uh, in this source. Uh, the first one was workload intensity, time demands and complexity. Two, lack of control over establishing and following day-to-day -day priorities. Mm -hmm. Three, insufficient reward and the accompanying feelings of continually having to do more for less the feeling of community in which relationships become impersonal and teamwork is undermined that's number mm. four number five the absence of fairness in which trust openness and respect are not present number six uh conflict can you, oops number six there we go Dude, got tongue-tied number six conflicting values in which choices that are made by management often conflict with their mission and core values, and we don't always practice what we preach. This sounds like 
a really toxic work environment. Yeah. All these characteristics. As you were reading them, I was thinking, oh, man, it would be horrible to work in a place like that. Yeah. And you, I think I might have worked in a place like that once. Yeah. And maybe you're out there listening and you're like, I have worked in a place like that or I am working in a place like yeah. that. And it's really interesting because a lot of these are are pretty negative, right? Mm-hmm. And, and and some of them are actually kind of brought on by ourselves. Like number mm-hmm. one, workload intensity, time demands and complexity. Sure. You know, it, we, we, we take on so many things. I know back in the day I was more of a yes person. I said yes to too many things. I had mm-hmm. to learn how to say no. And the next thing you know, I'm like up to my head and stuff to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and what's interesting, another thing that's interesting about this burnout is that the people who are most susceptible to burnout in higher education from some of the literature that we've read, women, mm-hmm. junior faculty, slash young, slash probationary faculty, and also non-tenure track faculty. So mm-hmm. I found that information interesting as well. Mm-hmm. So now, what, what do we say? Yeah, now say? what do we say? What, what do you say, Beth? Um, what I say, I, I really just have a tip. Do we want to go down to my tip or? Yeah, let's go down to I, your tip. Okay. Because I, so, think it's, it's, I think it's a really, really important tip for many people that they need to know. Yeah. So this comes from many times experiencing burnout. I don't think I would really be able to go back and even add up how many times I experienced burnout. Uh, because I've been a person who tends to say yes quite often. And I started thinking about why I have said yes so often to things. And part of it is I don't want to miss any opportunities. Yes. And I feel like, especially in a new job like here, yes, that for the last four years, I have said yes to pretty much everything that comes my way. And I'm grateful for that because I've, I've learned a lot and I've gotten to do some pretty cool things. Um, but at the same time, saying no is really important to be able to avoid burnout. So I, ba- I, I mean, so my tip basically is practice saying no. My tip is not say no, um, but to practice it, which means it has to be repeated. Yes, yes, and and that might also be important for people who are not comfortable saying no. Mm-hmm. For I know I used to be really uncomfortable saying no, and it really is a practice in learning how to say no as well. Mm-hmm. Like I, one time one person said that, you know, if you're not comfortable with saying no, maybe one thing you can say is, you know, that is something that I'm unable to do right now, but let me know what I can do, right? Mm-hmm. Like, for example, I may not be able to take on this project, but one thing I can do is to get you connected with someone who could probably be able to put in more time mm-hmm. than I can right now. Let me at least help you out there. So, and, and maybe even a, let me think about that. Yes. So that there's some time to work up the no. Yes, that's a good one too. Mm-hmm. Think about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that Or one. that sounds really interesting. Yes. Let me think about it. Yes. <laughs> that's a great I'll go-to get back phrase. To you. Yeah. <laughs> Let me let me marinate on that just a little bit, yeah. and then I'll get back. To and it you. just kind of I think depends too on what what we're each like, right? How soon we are to say yes to something. True. Um, but it reminds me of the book whose title I'm not going to be able to remember right now. That's about cleaning mm. and and how to get rid of possessions. And the author's written two books now that are really popular, and I can't think of either of them, but. I have read them, and 
She talks about holding an object in your hand, and if it doesn't give you pleasure, then you can give it away, right? Um, that's how you test whether you should continue hoarding it or not. And so maybe when we get asked to do something, does it instantly give us pleasure? And does it seem like something that we'd really, really want to do? And then maybe we can give an immediate yes. I like that. That's good. Or not. I don't know. Yeah. Something to, something to marinate on. Yes. What do All you, right. What do you say? Um, I say I have my tips, and this is just based off of my experience. Uh, something that helps me with burnout, uh, just say no. Beth hit that hit on that. Uh, one thing that kind of helps me with burnout is uh, preparation. Like I find that if I prep myself, hopefully I won't slip into procrastination, which I feel like for me leads into burnout. Mm-hmm. So I recommend uh, prep and, and how, for example, some of us already know, right, we should do our prep uh, before we come back to campus, you know, lesson plan, syllabus, etc. Mm-hmm. Another tip I have is treat yourself well. And I, I got treat yourself from this show called Parks and Rec. But I do believe in treating yourself very well. So you want to make sure you maintain your physical, mental, and spiritual health. Uh, You really have to maintain the ship if you want to keep it afloat in the water so that you can reach your destination. It's very Mm. important, right? I like that. Because, you know, when we come back over the summer, we're, we're back in our ships and we're just sailing along and there's a few stormy waters. And our destination eventually is the end of the of the academic year. That's nine months of work. Mm-hmm. So we really have to make sure we maintain our ship. Um, number three, um, the question I have is, do you have a decompression destination? And I'll explain what that means. Uh, sometimes when I'm feeling overwhelmed, I, I have found the importance of having go to places that decompress. So whether that's maybe, uh, for some people, it might be going to the student union, going for a walk, sitting on the lawn, um, when I've worked for other organizations, like for example, one of my de- decompression destinations was going to Costco, sitting in the food court and having a slice of pizza. Another decompression, Ooh, yes, yes, like treat yourself one. to some food if you need to decompress. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a great way to fight burnout in moderation. And then there is also uh, another decompression destination for me is actually Castles and Coasters. A lot of people don't know this. But Castles and Coasters, for our listeners, if you don't know what that place is, it's like this little amusement park where they have like an arcade and they have mini golf and they have go-karts and they have rides. We, we should say it's an Arizona amusement park, not it, a California it, it, amusement oh, yeah. park. It's not Six Flags. No. But it's it's... It's like a baby. It's like baby, yeah. It's like baby it's, mini. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, very baby. But it's it's small enough that like if you go on an off day, like no one bothers you. You're just in like there are some days I've gone in there and it's just me and I'll go and play this game called Area Fifty One where you shoot the aliens or I'll play The Simpsons or I'll play uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and it's just me and I'm getting tickets. Kung Fu Panda is my favorite. I love that one. <laughs> um, so it's just a great way to decompress. So that's a helpful thing to have. Mm, okay, I like that. Can I have a decompression destination of happy hour? I would think so. Okay. Right? Get some appetizers. In moderation? In moderation, right? Sometimes just being in a different time, place, space with friends and colleagues, or sometimes even just by yourself in just a different environment is very helpful as well. Absolutely. How are we going to avoid burnout? How we can avoid burnout, there's actually this article from the Chronicle of Higher Education, 
and they gave us four things that we could focus on. One, the, the first one was take time off, if only for an evening. That's helpful. Mm-hmm. Number two, remember that your job is a job, even if you love it, right? Sometimes mm-hmm. we're so passionate about what we do, we find ourselves working continuously, nonstop, but then we work ourselves into exhaustion, right? Number three, find ways to say no. We said that one. Mm-hmm. And number four, choose sleep over extra class prep time, which mm-hmm. I thought was really good because mm-hmm. some of us, we do le- lose sleep mm-hmm. to try to to prep, to be ready. But hopefully, if you did your prep like way ahead of time, kind of like what I mentioned earlier before, and you kind of are maybe ahead of the game, hopefully mm-hmm. that will help you to get more sleep at mm-hmm. night. Mm-hmm. I like that you and I read the same research for this podcast, just kind of coincidentally. Yes. And so the article that you talked about, Four Ideas for Avoiding Faculty, uh, the writer of that got a little bit of pushback, got a little bit of criticism from people saying, look, it's the faculty who are burning out and all you've done are, is to give us a list of things that faculty can do. What about what the college can do. What about right. what what it, what can the institution do? Because it's not just us. Right. And I thought that was really interesting. And I thought also that he said a couple of really important things when he responded to that. Right. So he did respond to the criticisms and he wrote a second article, Three Ways Colleges Can Help Faculty Members Avoid Burnout, right? Yes. Yeah. I as- and, uh, can we talk about that now? Yeah, let's talk about that. Do you want to go ahead I, and just I, share that? I really like the first one. Right, because it, the, the first one is treat all faculty members like faculty members. So, mm-hmm. you know, here at GCC, we have a lot of adjunct faculty. And so I think this is really important for us that, and I, and I think we do try to do that. Yes. I know I really make an effort to try to do that because when I was adjunct, I did feel like I was part of it because people treated me like, uh, like a colleague, like a coworker. Right. So I try to continue to do that because I remember how it made me feel. So... I thought that is one thing that, you know, from top down, all of us can can work on doing to help each other. Absolutely. And just to add to that, actually, there are several ways that you can make faculty members feel like faculty members. I think it was mentioned in some of the things that I read. Things like, for example, giving adjunct faculty, like, for example, a place to work. Mm-hmm. A workspace really goes a long way. Mm-hmm. Even having appreciations and acknowledgement. I know on our campus we do have an adjunct faculty appreciation night. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we try to recognize and honor the work that adjunct faculty do because they are vital to our campus. Yeah. And what's number two? Um, so then he also said to take a universal design approach to faculty mental health, which basically... Um, means that we're not just targeting people who might be experiencing some mental health issues, but by making mental health a priority for everybody. Um, and I think that's really important. And I think we do. I think we do a pretty good job of that here on our campus. I feel like we do. Uh, and then finally, to support faculty work-life balance. And I think yes. we both probably read a lot about work-life balance in these articles too about burnout. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. These are these are great ways that colleges can help faculty members avoid burnout. So good, good read. 
Okay. It. What's on our radar, Tanisha? What's on your radar? I have a couple of things on my radar. Uh, number one, I'm, I started a new book. I'm currently reading 1984 by George Orwell. I know it's been out forever, just like four, fair, Fahrenheit 451. I know I'm, I'm a little bit behind, but um, I'm clearly uh, still riding on the dystopian future train. <laughs> so I'm currently reading that, and I'll give you guys an update when I finish it. Uh, another thing that's on my radar, Avengers of Infinity Wars. Went to go see that last Friday, and it was amazing, and it was emotionally intense. And it's interesting because it's before this movie came out, people were actually expressing uh, Marvel burnout, which I thought was interesting and appropriate for this podcast. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm not there. Like I'm I definitely not. I am on the Marvel train. Um, Marvel is on fire and it shows in the latest movie and it was amazing. Um, I'm not going to give you any spoilers cause I don't want to ruin it for anyone who hasn't seen it. Maybe we can kind of come back to that topic, but, uh, it was amazing. It was emotionally intense and I really, really appreciate it. And people talking about bar- Marvel burnout. I'm not burnt out. I think it's fabulous. I don't even know how that would be possible. <laughs> um, so I have two books coming up that are on my radar and about ready to land. I'm about ready to start them as soon as the semester gets over. And so the first one is Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. You might know her from Eat, Pray, Love, which I never did read. So I'm excited to read this one. And I'm also going to be reading Robot Proof, Higher Education in the Age of Artificial Intelligence. And these are books that I'm reading with book groups here at GCC. So I'm pretty excited because I do read a lot of books just by myself and I don't talk to anybody about them. So I'm pretty happy to be reading and discussing with other people. That's great. That might be another podcast too. Maybe. Coming back with some of these books that I think individuals would be interested in. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So nuggets. We're going to leave you with some nuggets. So here's a nugget. Pay attention. Okay. Pay attention is the nugget. Listen to your overall physical, mental, and spiritual state and consider if you are burned out or on your way to burn out. Seek help from colleagues, friends, or even professional help if you feel like it's needed. It's a great nugget. Yes, so that you don't end up on the couch watching The Real and Wendy Williams oh, like me. Don't, <laughs> don't judge yourself too harshly. But I got through it, and I'm here, and I'm excited. Yes. See? You survived. (laughs) Yes. Well, that's all we really have for our listeners today Mm -hmm. here uh, talking about faculty burnout. Uh, I'm Tanisha. I'm Beth. Thank you so much for joining us today on Two Props in a Pod. And join us when we discuss imposter syndrome.